Welcome to The Conquering Truth. I'm Dan Horn. I'm Jonathan Sides. I'm Charles Churchill. And I'm Joshua Horn. Right now, there's a lot of a lot of panic about and hysteria about the COVID vaccine. There's some people who are saying, if you don't get the vaccine, it means you don't care about anybody, that you just want the pandemic to continue. You want everybody to stay at home and have to wear masks all the time. Now, there's other people that are saying that if you take this vaccine, you'll become magnetic or that, that you'll be sterilized, even if you just walk near somebody who had the vaccine. And there's all kinds of things that are out there that are just beyond rational, beyond reasonable. And, you know, our goal tonight, I think, is to talk about it in such a way that we kind of try to apply some logic to it and try to apply some reason to it. So how do we how do we move this conversation in a way about vaccines so that it's it's not just all about panic and it's more reasoned and, and thoughtful about how should we think about vaccines? I do think the right place to start is perspective. And I do think so there's a concept that the more you think about something, the more important it becomes. And part of what's going on is is what people are thinking about is the physical things. They're thinking about the virus. They're thinking about the vaccine. And the only thing in the universe that's worth thinking about as much as you want to, that will never be th- t- never become too important, is God. And so there is this part of it where the way to bring things into perspective is to actually be able to take things back, to be able to think about God and who he is and what our place is in the world with him, what place the vaccine has in the world according to God, what place the virus has, because these things are not bigger than God. And I don't mean like in some, oh, God is bigger than everything. I mean, God is in absolute total control and he sent these times and these things for a reason. And there's a way the church and people and Christians should think about these things. And it starts with, understanding that he has a proper place and if he's not in the proper place everything else is going to be too big and that's part of the hysteria and that's part of the irrationality i mean hysteria and irrationality are just other terms for fear is we have fear of of the disease or fear of the vaccine and what you're saying is really your fear needs to start with a fear of god and if you've got a proper fear of god then put those other fears underneath it, fear of a disease, fear of a vaccine, and you can give them some perspective, and you can begin to think rightly about them. But if you don't have that umbrella of the fear of God over it, you're going to be consumed by hysteria. You're going to be consumed by fear of something that's not rational. I think it's worth mentioning that we did we did an episode on, uh, on fear in, in society with, with all the COVID stuff, um, kind of on both sides. Uh, that we'll link in the description and uh, we'll tread on a little bit of the same ground but I think tonight we're going to try to get into eventually some of the more details about it. And I mean even when you think about it and, and you know if you start with the fear of God rather than fearing the vaccine or fearing the disease it doesn't eliminate the fearing the vaccine or fearing the disease it's that that fear becomes subordinate to the fear of God. In other words you know God says the wages of sin is death. So when you say, should I take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, the question should not be, do I fear the disease? It should be, you know, how do I obey God? Because God is the one that kills for disobedience to God. That is what all death is about, disobedience to God. And it, it boils down, even if it's the corruption in our flesh, it's our aging, everything is because of disobedience to God. And so when the way to put it in the proper perspective, like you were saying, is to say, how do we obey God? Right. And, you know, some people might come to the conclusion that to obey God, you take the vaccine. And some people might come to the conclusion to obey God, you don't take the vaccine. But to get the hysteria out of it and think about it rationally and biblically means that you have to start saying, what's obedience to God? Not just, oh, no, the disease might kill me. Well, God can kill you all kinds of different ways. He doesn't need COVID to do it. There's even a part of it where to come to that point also means if I get the vaccine and someone else doesn't get the vaccine, it doesn't mean that God's will is somehow going to be thwarted. And God was like, I didn't want you to die. But because this other person didn't get the vaccine, you're going to die against my will. And that's, I mean, and and I do think there's just, there's this part of it that it becomes what so much of the fear is, is we, are, we have been taught to fear other things than God. We are taught to fear the actions of other individuals more than we fear God. We're taught to fear 
what someone else says more than we fear God. And that's and that's really where, you know, it's like you're saying, if you're in a room with a guy with a gun and somebody goes, you just need to fear God, you're still in the room with a guy with a gun and you have to deal with that and you can't remove that. But there is also this part of it where that's really not exactly what's happening. And the thing that people are being told to fear is frequently something that's several levels removed from them and that's still what they're panicked about. I mean, the fear of God is kind of a, a basis that needs to underlie everything you're doing it's the beginning of wisdom so you need to fear god and then you know that means not fearing the things of the world i mean you need to understand the reality of the way that god made the world the the, the way that he made it so that things are consistent um the commands he gives us the commands um that you know there's you know sometimes we are supposed to risk our lives but then on the other hand we do have a command to protect life uh we have commands you know there, there's a lot of parts of scripture they're talking about medicine and so that's definitely a valid thing but you know you need to have the the fear of god as the foundation so that you're not being panicked by you know whatever facebook your facebook feed is telling you to be afraid of today um, but it doesn't mean that you don't look at the reality of the world and the reality of risk and dangers out there and make wise decisions and i think one of the things that when we think about that and it's a verse that i've said before that i've got you know at conferences where people get really upset is God kills and God makes alive. And God says that in Deuteronomy. Nobody ever died except that God killed them. And so if you start by understanding that, if you start by accepting that, then all of a sudden, like you were saying, but my neighbor, he didn't get the vaccine. I'm going to die because of it. Only if God kills you. And, oh, no, I'm going to get the vaccine. That means I'm going to get cancer and die. Only if God kills you. And it puts all the rest of it in perspective when we recognize it's God who kills and God who makes alive. And God frequently kills people, um, you know, as far as we can tell, because they've made poor decisions. Sure. Um, but, you know, he making poor decisions doesn't thwart as well, and it also he uses that to accomplish as well. So it, it's, uh, you know, it, it doesn't mean that, but, but it means that if we're walking in obedience to God, you know what in in very practical things in terms of getting shots or not getting shots and recommending that other people do or recommending that they don't if we are walking in what's the best of our understanding is the best way to obey god we don't we don't need to worry because we we've done our we've done our job the results are up to god it seems to me one of the first things that we should recognize is sickness is sent by god he sends it to the judgment he does it and when we look at it going around the world, we should recognize that it's judgment, and we shouldn't just go, we can thwart the judgment of God, just like we can't, you know, we can't stop him if he chooses to kill us. We also can't stop his judgment by coming up with a vaccine, which doesn't mean it's wrong to come up with a vaccine, but we need to put the vaccine into perspective. Right. If God is still judging, the vaccine will do nothing because God doesn't have to be constrained by the will of man. It says in Deuteronomy 28, 58 through 61, and this is God talking to Israel about what he's going to do. If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring you back on you all the diseases of Egypt, of which you were afraid, and they shall cling to you also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, will the Lord bring upon you until you are destroyed. And so, so often we think the solution is, let's go out and figure out a vaccine, when the solution is repentance. And I think, uh, you know, you, you are supposed to have these two parallel tracks that you're thinking of. Um, like if you, if you think back to like, uh, you know, the early settlers to America, you have the Puritans and... They're attacked by Indians um, and, you know, kind of roughly similar situation, kind of this existential threat to their society. Um, and their response is, let's have a day of fasting, a day of humiliation, saying, what is our sin? How do we need to repent? And then they go get their weapons to fight the war against the Indians. So you need to do both. You need to have the repentance and, or the self-examination. And you also need to say, what am I supposed to practically do with the means that God has given me? But you shouldn't think those means ever overrule God's sovereignty, <coughs> that those are in parallel, they're not in contrast to one another. I mean, one of the things that's happened historically is we look back in history and there were times where people didn't know, they didn't know the specific means that God used to cause disease. And so they would talk about things like spirits or other things causing disease. And then we begin, God gives us knowledge so that we can see bacteria 
And then there's this temptation to think that now because we can see the means, that somehow God wasn't in charge of the means. And our knowledge of them hasn't changed them. It's not, you know what I mean? And I think there's a real temptation to think, you know, it's, it's, it's one, like a person will think, of course, I'm going to trust God to, you know, in the sense of like that someone won't break into my house and kill me. And they still lock the doors and things like that. But they also, there's a, there are Christians who go, I understand that I have to trust in God that this won't happen. I do have to trust in God. But then when it comes to something like a bacterium, they go, or a virus, they say, oh, God doesn't get involved in that. And there's just, there's a real disconnect. And, there's, and this is when you're talking about thinking rationally, Paul talks about our faith being reasonable. And our faith isn't unreasonable. And so we have to be able to connect those things together. And like Joshua said, it doesn't mean you don't say that washing your hands isn't a good thing to do. But it doesn't mean that you go, if I wash my hands, God cannot make me get sick. I can wash my hands or prevent things in such a way that I have thwarted God. We understand the foolishness of that. And so we just, but it's so easy to get disconnected. I was going to say a lot of people don't understand the foolishness of that. And it's important to understand that balance because it is both of them are true. It is true that God will kill you if he wants to kill you. And then it's also true that God ordered the world with sowing and reaping. It is a world of order. You can try things and God is repeatable typically because he wants us to take dominion and it has to be ordered for us to take dominion. It's not possible to take dominion without some level of order in society, level of order in terms of animals and beasts. If they didn't act in a predictable way, how can you possibly take take dominion? Right. It just becomes impossible. So dominion that we're commanded to take is completely dependent upon there being some order to the world. And I mean, when you say that, that there's order to the world, you should say, okay, when a new disease shows up, it is a, it is the right response. It is a dominion taking response to look at that disease and say, what can we do to prevent it? What can we do to treat it? Can we develop a vaccine for it? It's a good thing for companies to go about and say, let's try and solve this problem. It is idolatrous to think, though, that a vaccine will save you. But when you look at the way that the rhetoric about this particular one, this particular disease, and this particular vaccine are are working, you see a lot of pseudo-religious or just outright religious language about the vaccine saving us. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yes. Um, Or the vaccine damning us, you know. So we've got to be really careful that, that it is, if you're thinking about these things in the fear of God, you can say, okay, sure. I'm going to go work for Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson. I'm going to go work for a company, a startup, that's that's working on a novel solution to a brand-new problem, and we're going to burn the candle all hours of the night till we get this thing solved. Right. But then recognize what you're doing is you're saying, I'm living in the world that God created, and that God is at work here. The reason why I can pursue this problem in an orderly way is because there is a God who exists right. who's ordered the world. Right. Right. Without, without a God, there is no science. And people want to believe that you can have science without a God. But if there's not a God of order, science is a waste of time. It presumes a God of order for science. So the people who say Christianity is unscientific, that's absurd. Every other religion is unscientific because it says there is no basis for order in creation. And if there's no basis for order in creation, there is no science. No matter how hard Christians work to make it look like that's not <laughs> that's true. true. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think this is you know, kind of on the whole issue of the vaccines and dominion. Um, this is one where you know, I think some of, a lot of the rhetoric against the vaccine is um, not really understanding or being realistic about how you take dominion when you're doing difficult things like there's a lot of attacks on you know big pharma and all this stuff and i mean we could do a whole nother episode the problems with medicine uh, and the american medical system and the, the pharmaceutical companies i mean they have large problems but to attack an industry just because it's big when the alternative presented in many ways is you know mothers going picking herbs from their garden which can be good at times but to say that because there is a big industry you know, to, to develop some of these things that have been very successful takes a lot of money, and it's not going to be done by a couple people. 
without anyone supporting them and with no opportunity to make money. So just kind of have a realistic perspective of, you know, there are there should be big medical companies that are doing things. And, you know, we need they need to do things carefully and people need to be watching them and holding them accountable. But to say that big companies are bad, you're 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 kind of denying the opportunity to take Dominion. So, I mean, another thing when we think about developing the vaccines is that we have to recognize that, you know, it's kind of the problem with why people complain about big pharma and is man is depraved. Men are sinners. And I think in both sides, part of the ratcheting up of the rhetoric is because people ignore the depravity of man. So on the one side, they'll see somebody that sticks a key to their arm and they'll go, see, see, see. When you really don't think somebody would fake that? Really? Of course they would if they got a million views. You know how many people would, would cut off their they right arm? If they, thousand views. Okay, but if they get a million <laughs> views, of course they do it. And the same thing with the government. Will the government deceive? I hate to tell you, but anybody that's read much about our government, yes, it deceives. Because it's made up of men. And men are proud. Men refuse to say that they were wrong. Men aren't willing to give up what it would cost them to say that they're wrong. And and maybe at one point science was a little bit of off that, but now science is so much controlled by the funding from the government that it pretty much is a government industry. And so it has all the same pressures that government employees have, the same pressures to have your, your not to have failures, right. but to have just continual successes. And so all these things skew it so that it's hard to know what can you trust and what can't you trust, but it also means we should all calm down because there's people that are just trying to stoke the fear. Right. And I think, you know, the, the mistrust of government is uh, not entirely misplaced because um, you have governments uh, or administrations, uh, state governments who are pushing the vaccine. And at the same time, they're pushing murdering babies. And you have, you know, wealthy individuals who are funding programs through the vaccine while at the same time pushing murdering babies. So, you know, people, many people, most people do draw a red line where they say, you know, I will murder people at this point, but I will not for this point. But they don't get a blanket benefit of the doubt because when you have an ideology that's wicked, you don't get a benefit of the doubt. When you're saying that the world is overpopulated, do I think that most of these people would go out and kill people? intentionally to try to depopulate the world? Probably not. But when you're saying these things that are grossly against scripture, you don't get a blanket benefit of the doubt. I think it would be very hard if somebody's actually saying that the world's heating up because of human thing and we're going to destroy the planet. A lot of them are saying the best thing would be as if the population of the planet declined sharply and these people are in government. So, I mean, yes, you're right. Most of them would not say, I'm going to murder my neighbors. But a lot of them would be fine with, well, hey, if you cause a lot fewer people to be living in someplace else that I don't know, they wouldn't be that bothered by it. Right. And so we just need to recognize, and again, it comes back to the depravity of man, that they're so confident of their position, they are not holding up that you need to protect life for other people because they're so confident of their position that they're protecting life by trying to have more people die. I mean, that's what, that is part of what the climate change people are saying. And so we can't discount that and say that they wouldn't do something. So, and again, that's not saying that that's what they did with vaccine. I don't believe that's what they did with vaccines. But on the other hand, we also have to say, man isn't trustworthy. And there are processes in place that they have to do phase one and phase two trials. They should have done phase three trials. They didn't, but there are processes in place so that it couldn't be a mass murder event. It could be that they are killing some percentage of people, but they did do enough testing that they knew it wasn't a mass murder event. Right. If you get a vaccine in your arm, it doesn't dramatically increase the rate of death. That would be known. And I, th- I think that's pretty key. I mean, I think that's, you know what I mean? I think, I think that really puts it all in perspective, right? Is that, if that, that's that a there's key only that's certain a key that things. Yeah. <laughs> there's only certain things that can be hidden. And yes, you could increase the death rate by a factor of 100%. 
But what does that mean? You wouldn't notice that without right. being able to it would see be the statistic. Right. It could, and I mean, you give it so a shot in 170,000 arms or 170 million arms or whatever. So 20,000 people died that week instead of 40,000. How do you know? Did that reduce it or did it go from 20 to 40? I mean, that's how many people die every day. And people are going, oh, no, people died with the vaccine. And it's like just relax that's how many people die all the time you've got the nurse who was arrested for killing like 40 people over over a number of years and people think no one like that could be anywhere else and that's just that's just naive and at the same time what you're saying is is there are controls and one of the problems is that those systems end up being used in some of the ways you're talking about to actually attack the vaccine in ways that are ignorant so, cause, like, so a lot of people reference the vaccine adverse event reporting system, which is where, you know, you, you're a doctor, you give someone a vaccine, or, or you, someone comes in, you say, have you had the vaccine? Okay. And you, you're having, you know, some medical condition or you're dying or whatever it is. So the, the idea with that is report that to the system. That way we have the data. It doesn't mean that all these people are getting sick because of the vaccine. And when you're giving the vaccine to millions of people, you know, there's going to be people that get the vaccine and drop dead. But, you know, when you have a possibility that, you know, for a certain group of people, you know, maybe if you have, you know, diabetes, that 1% of the people are going to die of diabetes. Well, maybe if you're a doctor, you might not notice that because you just had, you know, one patient die. But then if you have every doctor in America saying, I'm having one patient dying, then people who understand how the statistics work can go through that data, you know, if they're doing their job correctly and say, oh, this is a big problem. We need to stop, stop entirely, stop giving it to these, this group of people. And so the system is reporting all these events, but unless you understand the statistics of how this works, you can't just take that raw data and say, look how horrible the vaccine is, because it's also just a measure of how a large segment of the population is getting sick and dying in this randomly in a certain section of their lives. And, and there's a couple things with that. One is that they skipped one of the normal phases, which is you give the vaccines to a bunch of people and you track them over a period of time. Because what that reporting system for is after you've gone through that and made sure that there was no statistical things so that it's to catch things that missed that system. And so part of the reason that there is some natural hesitancy is because they did skip a normal step to speed it up. And now you can't do that because the reality is there can – just as there are doctors that are going, well, this person died the next day, so it must be because of the vaccine, so I'll report it. There's other people that are going, well, he died, but he was, wasn't very in good shape anyway, so I'm not going to report it. So, And we have no idea how much of either there are. Right. Well, I mean, one thing is we're months into this vaccine rollout. And so, I mean, they're all the states going out there. And they even pause one of the vaccines for a while or cancel it. I don't keep up with all of this. I think the Johnson & Johnson, they... There was and a problem with because, it. So, yeah. you know, one thing is people are watching this and they are willing to shut things down. Um, so, you know, let's say people are twisting the data. So, but, so we're months into it. Let's say people are twisting the data. I think the worst that you're going to have, barring some really weird thing that everybody drops dead after a year after taking it, which would be, I'm not aware of that ever happening with anything, with anything else. But, you know, say they're twisting the data, you know, lying about things. You know, the worst you're going to have is maybe the vaccine was marginally worse than not getting the vaccine you know fair you know fair, relatively it could be double but right, still double right, is but, pretty minor <laughs> right so so you know the worst you're going to happen is not that there's going to be mass death it's that it's going to be a little worse something that you would never notice unless you did a huge study of a bunch of people so you know just to keep the risk in perspective is it's you know people have been looking at this and they're willing to shut it down at certain points, and they haven't shut it down, and you know there haven't been these massive death increases. So, and, know, even the, and even though the United States took some shortcuts, there were like the Netherlands that that pulled one of the other vaccines because they saw the blood clotting issue way before. Because they are not everybody did the same thing the U.S. did, and some of them are doing more controlled trials, and they're doing it the more typical way that would be done. And so, yeah, I agree with you. There's not some big big thing hanging out there that all of a sudden everybody's going to go, look, this vaccine's horrible. Sorry, it would have been seen by now. One reason why it's not unreasonable to still mistrust some of these things is just to realize how much pressure is on the people involved in this. You know, you have all this media attention. You have all this political attention. You know, if you're the guy standing in the way of the vaccine that people believe is going to save the world, 
and people don't understand why you're doing it and they they don't get it that's a lot of pressure and even if you are trying to be completely honest i mean that is a lot of pressure you know back when the fda was approving this vaccine at the end of uh uh donald trump's presidency the re- the news reported that he was his chief of staff was calling the head of the fda saying if you don't approve this vaccine tomorrow you're fired um, whether or not that's true, we do know that he was publicly heckling the FDA on his Twitter account saying you need to approve the vaccine. And that's a lot of pressure. The president of the most powerful country in the world is saying, I'm going to fire you or you're doing a horrible job because you're not doing this vaccine. And, you know, the same with a lot of these people from the president on down. He's not looking at the data. I, there's no reason to think that he knows that it's safe. He's just saying we need a vaccine. So you better get us a vaccine. And, you know, the media, even, you know, how much they're not really doing a good job of being the watchdog to check the medical side of this. I mean, it's not not happening. They're not capable to do it either, really. Yeah. I mean, and they're not hiring the people that would be capable. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure. And even honest people, that's a lot of pressure to deal with. And. I mean, it, we, we know what happened with the swine flu with Ford, right? I mean, th- in 76, he was running for re-election. You don't know? Oh, man, Joshua, <laughs> you should be up to date. With the swine flu, it starts at the beginning of 76. And, of course, Ford is trying to be re-elected. And so he pushes out a vaccine, and he gets it approved. And like you're talking about with all the pressure, and it gets approved. And then only like one or two people died of swine flu, but a lot more people had very negative effects from the vaccine and the vaccine ended up being far worse than the disease. And so, like you were saying, because of the pressure, they thought they were doing the right thing. They thought they were protecting against the pandemic so that he didn't get, you know, lose the election. And instead what they did was put a vaccine out that, that did more damage than good. So they've done it before. So to, we'd be very naive to think that they couldn't do that again. Obviously, they could. The processes haven't changed that much. There's also a misconception, I think, that's pretty widespread in terms of what what it means that the vaccine was bad. You know, I don't know the numbers on that, but when a lot of these things where it's um, where there are adverse reactions, mm-hmm. it's not that you take it and you die. It's mm-hmm. you take it and one percent of people have something bad happen to it. Uh, this is something that people who just don't don't grasp. I mean, statistics in general, I think, is not well understood. But you know, this specifically, you know, because I I was telling someone that my grandparents got the COVID vaccine, and they're like, "Are they okay?" Like, well, yes. Even if you're, <laughs> okay, yes. yeah, even if you're right that it's bad, they're still most likely going to be okay. Just like even if COVID is a dangerous thing that we that we need to take seriously, most people who get it are going to be okay. I mean, that's the that's the statistical reality is vaccine bad people most people are going to be fine covid bad most people are going to be fine and and that's what the phase one and phase two trials prove right i mean that's what we know that they had enough statistics for we know that they did enough due diligence they did the statistical analysis where if it was if you get the vaccine and 10 percent of the people die they would not have released the vaccine. Like you said, there's never been a vaccine that had effects two, three years down the road, and maybe this one could be different than everything else, but there's no reason to believe that it is. But the problem with what both of you are saying is that it doesn't sell airtime on cable news. Or clicks on Facebook. If, If your headline was disease, not so bad, vaccine, not so bad, then sorry, you're not selling me enough fear to keep me engaged and keep me Worst watching. Worst case scenario, not worth worrying about. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you look at it, right, and it's like under the age of 40, COVID's less deadly than the flu. But people, you know, you have people out there that they get it in their news reporters and they're like, I'm afraid that I'm going to die tomorrow. And it's like, grow up. <laughs> and yet they don't because like you said, they want the clicks. They want the... They want the notoriety. You get you get athletes who get it because they're being tested so regularly, and they go up in a news conference and they say, "The worst thing about it is I'm asymptomatic." <laughs> and and it's like, what kind of confusion are we in? Where you think the worst thing about a disease is that it's not affecting a, a you disease, at all? Disease, it's really deadly. It's not affecting me at all. This is horrible. I mean, and when you talked about the fact that there are these natural. God has built these natural things into the world to prevent it. The one thing that fights against it is irrational behavior. Right. You know what I mean? Because there's a part of it where whenever you get to the point where you don't believe anything, then the fact then 
there's a part of it where you believe you could have 400 people dying out of 2,000 people and no one would say anything or you wouldn't know or no one would know, which means you panic about everything. Right. And it, you know what I mean? And that is really what kills you is the panic. I mean, that's, that's, it's, the panic is worse than the disease and the virus all rolled into one. And it's really because, you know, Jesus Christ came to defeat the power of sin, which is the fear of death. And it's when fear of death is taking over everything else that you're unable to rationally go, wait a second, that just couldn't happen. Really, everybody, they had to volunteer for the trial, right? Their family would have known that they volunteered for the trial, and yet 200 200 people could die, and nobody in their family that knew they volunteered for the trial would go, wait a second, he volunteered for the trial. I mean, it's just completely ridiculous. But yet people are going, oh, yeah, that could happen. Well, no. I mean, the world isn't ordered that way. It's more complicated. It's not that easy to, you know, people look at the government and they say it's incompetent, and then they turn around and say, but they could hide this. Really? They're right. incompetent. We live in a <laughs> Be world, consistent. We live in a world with something like Twitter where you can actually have a local outage and you can go online and see if other people have the same local outage in your area by doing a search within about 15 minutes of the outage happening, and they think you could hide you know what I mean? They right. think you could hide the same sort of thing. I mean, but that level of disconnection is is required if you're going to have this kind of panic. You have to disconnect those things. When a difficult thing, though, is people say they're not hiding it. You know, here's 10 different people who said, you know, they're whistleblowing. My family member got the vaccine and now they died. Right. So, I mean, the, the, the problem is, you know, developing the right so. perspective of, you know, how much how much of this – do I need to be paying attention to? Because, right. you know, people, people, you know, there's I mean, probably people listening that are thinking that. And I've right. seen it. They're, they're it's letting kind us of, know. And it's kind of off topic. But, you know, years ago I said, you know, the worst thing about the the lottery being adopted by states is it meant nobody's going to teach statistics in the schools anymore because the schools get money from the lottery. If you taught statistics, everybody would go, it's insane to play the lottery. But yet people go and play the lottery, and now you have them go, I know three people that miscarried, so therefore it causes miscarriages. And they think it means something because they don't understand math well enough to go, that's insane. And... To prove that point, we live in North Carolina, where one of the one of the means that the governor has used to motivate people to get the vaccine is a lottery, right. a million dollar lottery. If you take the vaccine, you get entered into this lottery, and nobody's doing statistics. <laughs> Nobody knows them. They go ninety eight percent of the people that have had COVID didn't have the vaccine. Yeah, but the vaccine hasn't been out for most of the time that people are getting COVID. But they're out there citing those statistics that are incredibly deceitful. Right. And so, yeah, there's a reason why people are having trouble trusting them. It's because they're not acting very honestly and they're not acting very forthrightly. Yeah, I mean, I saw an article, I think, that just this past week, 99.99% of people who got vaccinated did not get hospitalized for COVID. Okay, I mean that. How many unvaccinated people did? Because my guess is pretty much the it same might be number. Ninety nine point nine eight, but probably I mean, it's still ninety nine point nine nine. Even if the vaccine is working, your number you're not measuring something that is because there's so many people been vaccinated and relatively few people have COVID. So we are measuring something that is meaningless. It's lying with statistics, and and you know. Part of thinking rationally about this is to be able to actually sit back and go, what does it mean that 150 million people in America have had the vaccine? What does that mean? That means that of the people that are vaccinated, what, 15,000 of them or something like that are going to die every week. So if you hear somebody dying that was vaccinated, don't go, oh, they died because they're vaccinated. No, that's how many people die every week if you have 150 million people in the United States vaccinated. And so... It's just no connection to reality. And to be thinking rationally, you actually have to be able to look and say, you know, this is how the numbers work. When there's that many people, how many people died in car accidents last week that were vaccinated? Or here's the other side to it. You either have to understand numbers well enough to do that or have to understand that you don't understand numbers yes. well enough <laughs> to go, I shouldn't worry about statistics. Right. You know what I mean? Is if you don't understand numbers, stop letting people scare you with them because you're not in a position to do to think about it. And that, you know what I mean? And th right. that's really key because if you don't, it's just a means to scare you. 
And when we think about the major pandemics that have happened in the world, like Black Death, where a third of the city dies, nobody had to go. <laughs> Let me figure out statistically if this is bad. They all went, people are dying. You, know, right. the, you couldn't the, go outside without tripping over bodies. Yeah. It's really clear that there's something Spanish going. flu, same thing. You know people that are in their 20s, and 48 hours later, they're dead. And it was widespread. It wasn't this, oh, is there, you know, how much statistically statistical anomalies do I need to see? When it's bad, it's bad, and people know it, and they're trying to make this out to go, oh, it's like the Spanish flu. It's nothing like the Spanish flu. Nobody was doubting that there was a pandemic with the Spanish flu. And not that there aren't people that are dying of COVID. I'm not saying that. But there are statistics for the CDC of what it means to be a pandemic. And most of last year, COVID didn't qualify. Yeah. This, I mean, th there's a real part of it where a lot of what's been going on is about lowering the threshold of risk that people are willing to endure. That has been a big that has been a big aspect of what's been going on is there has been a dramatic shift in what it would be like if suddenly everybody said, maybe we shouldn't drive cars anymore. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that they're on the same exact scale. I'm just saying it would be like if suddenly everybody went, maybe cars aren't worth it because of the number of people that die from car wrecks and, and, and actually having that discussion and there being a group of people out there who are just seriously going, we have to give up cars. It's it's on it's that right, it's, it's on that, that same kind of scale of when it's I need to stay locked at home for six weeks. One of the big arguments that people have been using against the vaccine is it makes you it makes you magnetic that after you get get a shot, um, you know it's gonna it's gonna make magnets are gonna be able to stick to wherever you happen to get that shot. Uh, so we, we just wanted to look at a, a video clip of someone uh, someone trying this out. Yes, vaccines do harm people. By the way, so I just found out something when I was on lunch, and I wanted to show it to you. We were talking about Dr. Tenpenny's testimony about magnetic vaccine crystals. So this is what I found out. So I have a key and a bobby pin here. Explain to me why the key sticks to me. It sticks to my neck, too. I got those. Yeah, so if somebody can explain this, that would be great. Any questions? Yeah, so many questions. And while the demonstration didn't... I mean, in just the juxtaposition of both her not being able to have the key stick, followed by Brian Williams, <laughs> who was <laughs> removed from the air for fabricating stories. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean... Where besides in America at this time could you have the juxtaposition of those two issues at the same time? And it's just amazing that people will listen to either of them. Right. Instead of going, they're deceitful, stop it. Right. I mean, and, and I actually have a section of my, one of my bookcases or a shelf of my bookcase that's on all the books about electricity and magnetism and all the fake stuff that people in the church buy that's related to these things because they have no clue what elect how electricity works. They have no clue how magnetism works. And so they buy that your body's magnetic and you could put magnets on it and you can change your health and you can put an electric current on it. And it's all garbage. And they act like because people use a word like magnetic that people don't actually know what magnetism Resonance. is. <laughs> right. And they use these terms. And again, because of pride, people don't go wait a second, that's not how magnets work, or wait a second, I don't know how magnets work. They go, oh, wow. And they fall for these con games that have been going on for 200 years. This is what it's always about. Oh, if you do this electric field, this and this happens. No, it doesn't. I remember 15 years ago where this was going on through the church where we were, you know, we were attending. The there good were old remedy maker. <laughs> yeah, there were people selling this little box. You could put stuff on it, and it would, you would transfer the, the, you know, the quality of this into this water and then you drink the water we you know we we knew it was fake we bought it we opened it up and it was just a, you know you push the button and the button made a light light up and that's really all there, there, was, a there was a timer there was a timer made it delay you know and so and that was it you know there was nothing else inside it but they were selling this thing for like 150 dollars a pop and people were buying them and they were telling them that it helped them stop smoking and helped you know and all sorts of fun stuff right and and it's just this standard I mean, no, a vaccine doesn't make you magnetic. No, that's not how magnetism works. It either has to be ferrous, it has to be iron, or it has to have an electric current, and you don't have an electric current running through your body that would produce a magnetic field, or you would be electrocuted. 
these are really basic things that people just kind of ignore and come up with this stuff. And the reality is if you're sweaty, you're tacky, and if you put a key here, it'll stick. Right. If you, you get too you sweaty, can. though, then you don't stop being tacky and it'll fall off. It's I can explain it really right. easily. And, and why exactly is it bad for me to be magnetic? I mean, even if it does make me magnetic, why is that bad? I mean, <laughs> you I'm, have a magnetic personality anyway, Joshua. It would just make you physically match your personality. <laughs> You're right. I mean, but but they're just trying to say that this vaccine has these effects that nobody can understand. And it's like, no, these things are understood. I mean, think about like an MRI and stuff. I mean, it's pretty amazing technology, what they can do with magnetism to, to actually see, you know, density of things and stuff like that. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So yes, people know how it works and it doesn't work the way that these Anybody who gets the do. vaccine, if they go in to get an MRI, they just now get, they just the get machine. ripped all apart. Oh no, they just bounce back and forth. <laughs> It becomes like a roller coaster now. I hope all of our listeners know that's fake news right there. <laughs> I mean, one of the things that people are saying about the vaccines that has some credibility is that, that they're based on aborted fetus tissue. Now, a lot of times what kind of what the media or not the media, but the the anti-vax people are saying is that they use aborted babies in the production of the vaccine. And that's not at all true. But there is some truth in the fact that for some of them, I think of the four COVID vaccines that are used in the United States, two of them do were used in the testing of them. They trace back to a baby that was aborted in 84 or 85 and that the stem cells were harvested and they've been reproducing those stem cells for the last 35 years. And that was used in some of the testing for one of the vaccines. And so there's some people that that are going, we shouldn't use it because it was, I mean, it's fruit of abortion and there is some credibility to that, but it usually gets spun out that they're produced from aborted babies. And that's not true. It's from one aborted baby that was in 85 for the, for the testing of the vaccine. Right. Cause it's, it's hard to get uh, human cells that will reproduce in the laboratory. You know, the cells will grow. And so, you know, they, the way they did that is, you, I mean, if you need to take so someone who has recently died to get the cells, and even then it's quite hard. And so they were able to get it from this uh, baby that was aborted. But there are, uh, I don't know if they've ever done it another way, because why invest? Oh, they have. They right. have, because the way that they also can do it is with the miscarriage. Right. And they, but they, I believe they could, uh, it's also at least theoretically possible to get it from someone who has, uh, you know, been in a car accident or something. So it was something that was really difficult to do, and they got it to work. And so they don't have a lot of incentive to keep making new, um, new strains of the cell, new sources for the, for the cell line because they have it and they're not requiring anything added to it. You know, no, no right. more human tissues being added to it. So, you know, how – and then you're not getting that injected into you that's used to test whether it – because if you have a vaccine that kills all human cells, that's a big problem. You don't want to put that into you. Right. So they're, they're testing it. Does it kill human cells? So, you know, how much of a problem is that? Um, less than a lot of people say when they're talking about it. It was a bad thing that this baby was murdered back when it was murdered right. decades ago. But that's not the same thing as saying that babies are being murdered in order to right. produce this vaccine. And you could even, you know, you don't have, I do not have an issue with someone who says, I don't want to take a vaccine that used those stem cells because of the source of them. But what we're talking about specifically is people misrepresenting the truth. And there are even people who go on and say that actively babies are being killed to produce. I mean, and, right. and, and that's and, what really and for all the vaccines that this is true. Like you said, it's at best true. it's true for at best it's true for two of them. It's definitely true for one of them in the testing. I know. And there but there are two, I believe, that had no involvement with it to the best of any knowledge that we've been able to find out that there are two that. Right. And, no, and there's no one that whatsoever. traces back to one in like 78 or something like that, that that, that was never documented, whether it was from a, a miscarriage or whether it was from a aborted baby, because right. there are other ones that have been harvest, harvested from miscarriages. So we just don't know. Right. So if you if you have a objection to that, that's fine. Perhaps that's right. But at least understand what you're objecting to and don't object to something that is not what's happening. Right. And, you know, in the homeschool circles for years, I heard about how all these vaccines are, you know, that they're using aborted babies for these vaccines. And it's just flat out not true, other than this one source that has been reproduced, the stem cell line. Right. 
So it's important to, again, to not be hysterical, but to be speaking, what are the actual facts? What actually happened? And what, you know, what is this the fruit of? And another big argument that people use against the vaccines is for women who are around people um, that have been vaccinated, not that they've been vaccinated, but that they're around people who have been vaccinated, that they are going to either have miscarriages or have, you know, changes in the, in the cycle um, and that that's caused by other people being vaccinated. And that's um, a uh, interesting, interesting theory. And I mean, and that theory goes back to the idea of vaccine shedding which is something that was real. But what it really meant is with the polio vaccine, they used a modified version of it. And so they actually gave you a sickness that was like polio, but wasn't really polio. And then since you had the sickness, if somebody's around you, they can catch that sickness. And that was called vaccine shedding, where you actually, somebody else could get the vaccine from you by catching the disease that the vaccine gave you that wasn't polio, but was close to so polio. So you got a mild polio-like disease right, and that, that was transmissible. And it was somebody, transmissible from nothing but having had the virus. The vaccine. The vaccine. The, yeah. It was transmissible from nothing but having had the vaccine. Right. So somebody, I have the vaccine and all of a sudden my wife gets the same sickness that I got from the vaccine, which isn't polio, but it's like polio but it also makes her immune to polio. So that created this idea of vaccine shedding. So now they've taken that though, but they don't do vaccines like that anymore. They've stopped doing vaccines everywhere like that. The polio vaccine, I think in, in Ireland was the last time this was used. And now what they're doing, especially with this, the mRNA stuff that they're doing, I mean, it's completely different. It's that you're injecting something that's trying to create, cause the body to produce the protein that then that will produce the antibodies that fight against the protein. And so it doesn't work the same way at all. It can't happen. But these people are saying, oh, vaccine shedding to talk about this stuff that was happening 80 years ago, 70 years ago, and pretending like it's still happening now. Because you hear, because you hear someone say people who have had the vaccine can still get the virus and shed the virus. But then people go, oh, it's the vaccine that's shedding, not the virus. You know what I mean? And so, But then they go, the vaccine shedding, that somehow that's like getting the vaccine. So then that means you'll miscarry because there was this concern that women would miscarry because it has the same protein that's similar to a protein in the uterus. And, I mean, they're coming up with all these things that don't really have any sign. It's, it's the same like thing statistics. with the magnetism and the, the, the electricity is you throw out these terms that people – think they know what they mean and then they kind of grab onto and go oh that means this and that's not what's happening at all the technology is completely different but yet they're going this is the same thing that was happening then when it can't be it's functionally a different thing they don't even even for normal vaccines they don't inject live vaccines anymore now they take it and they kill it and they inject that which that you can't shed if they inject you with polio that's been killed you can't shed that because you don't actually get the sickness you get the antibiotic reaction without the sickness so you can't it's not contagious and so they're using things that were true a long time ago and pretending like they're true now it's just very deceitful and it's very very twisting of what's actually happening in the world because people aren't saying you might get covid from it there's from people who have the vaccine they're saying you might have mysterious issues with your reproductive system, not COVID. Because if you're afraid of getting COVID, the, the people who are afraid of miscarrying because of the vaccine are not afraid of getting COVID. It's two different groups of people. Those people don't really care if they get COVID, by and large, but they don't want to be around people who have the vaccine. So there's, you know, people, you know, I, some people are talking about the shedding, but a lot of other people are just believe that there's some mysterious thing that nobody understands that somehow is giving you this effect we don't know how we don't know why and you know of course it's not that there's some study that is happening this is just you know well, word of mouth spreading and but in the way that the word of mouth started is there are doctors out there saying that this vaccine sheds and by the time you get to the people that are hurt, hearing a third or fourth hand that's they don't even know the source of it and the source of it makes no sense and now they're third and fourth hand and they just hear oh some mysterious things happening no it think i mean it's one of those things think this person who doesn't have any symptoms how could he somehow give the vaccine to you or the effects of the vaccine to you or side effects that he didn't have i mean it's it's just people just not being and thinking that the world is orderly 
we're back to paganism, which is the idea that everything is chance, everything is random, there's no way to understand anything in the world. And that's what these people are acting like. They're acting like pagans rather than Christians, rather than people, even people in Western Christendom that have understand this, that there's order to it. They're back to the people that are afraid to walk out in the woods because there's witches out there and there's fairies and there's all this other stuff. No, that's not how the world is organized. God ordered the world so that we could take dominion. And if everything's random and chance, you can't take dominion. God did not order it that way. And that's what these people are rejecting. They're rejecting the basic created order of God. I mean, incredible, incredible claims require incredible proof. So if there is some mysterious thing that is causing this mysterious side effect that nobody can understand, well, you need to, you need to have that rock solid before every, I mean, maybe doctors should investigate it, but before everyone is reshaping their lives around this idea, you need to have it nailed down solid because we don't, no one knows why this would be happening. And, and these are things that are causing people real harm. Like there's someone uh, that I know that got bit by a copperhead and did not go to the hospital because people there would be vaccinated. I mean, there is real world harm. I mean, there are likely people, this is so widespread, there's likely people who have died because they refused to go to the hospital because people are vaccinated there. And I mean, people died earlier because they were so afraid of COVID that they didn't go in to have their cancer screening and so they died. I mean, we there's it's clear that this panic in not actually thinking rationally about things that, I mean, there's a real cost, and we shouldn't ignore the, the level of the real cost. There people are real died people that died. Because they wanted to go in and get their cancer screening, and the hospital wouldn't let right, them come in. Right, because they were so scared. They were so, I, mean, and that, I mean, that's what I mean is it's, yeah, it's, both, it's, it's fear everywhere. And everybody just needs to ratchet it down and like think rationally and know the world doesn't happen in this weird way, or it's God's judgment and his wrath is upon us so much, you're not going to escape it anyway. Right. And then you might as well go to church and approach him and pray and ask for his mercy. <laughs> right, to cry out to God for mercy because that's, that's, that's the only mercy that you'll receive. I think if we're asking why do people believe these things that there is little uh, scientific proof for. And one, one of the reasons is because people have been lied to. And when you get lied to, you stop believing people. You know, you look at... Uh, People, people were even coming out and saying that they lied, not in so many words. But, you know, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci has said, well, yeah, I was, you know, telling people that we need to reach this level before we get, you know, immunity, I think it was. And, you know, actually, I was just telling you that so you wouldn't be worried. Here's the real number. You know, you're lying. You're lying. And why people aren't going to believe you? Because you lied and you admitted to lying. And, you know, there's a lot of data out there, but there's a lot of things that there's things that the CDC has said they refused to produce evidence for like they were saying that um you know you need the vaccine even if you've had covid and they refuse to produce data for it or even produce a scientific explanation why that could be true right because if your body responded to to the protein that's in the the disease and then the virus is responding to this protein and that's why you produced antibodies then how could the vaccine possibly be better than actually getting the disease? But yet they're arguing that the vaccine's better than getting the disease. I mean, it's it it's contrary to everything that scientists had said before about how vaccines work. And they say it without giving any any proof or even considering that they have a burden of proof to say, no, this doesn't make sense. So Rand Paul had two of his videos removed because speaking as a as a doctor that had done a lot of things you know in medicine before he became a senator and he's speaking from a medical background and going this isn't how they work and so somebody at youtube decides that they should delete his video because it doesn't meet the corporate line and that's a really dangerous thing because the way truth is often arrived at is through debate and not just through one side saying this is truth. I mean, this is, you know, it's Pravda. It's, it's what happened in the Soviet Union where there's one, one, you know, media source that's saying this is truth and nobody else is allowed to consider anything. So, 
you know, they were very misled. And it's concerning to me that there's this movement to make sure that only one side is ever heard, because if only one side's heard, you don't get the back and forth, which which stops the misinformation. Yeah, I mean, there's real, you know, a lot of the data that the CDC has put out shows that the vaccine is very effective and preventing death and all these things. Um, but there's also big questions about why are you producing the data you're producing? Why aren't you producing more data? And, you know, those are fair questions with an organization that has history of making unscientific claims. And why, why aren't they producing more data? And one of the ones that I was looking at this afternoon was about the masks. And, and this is CD, from the CDC website that I pulled today of their scientific argument as to why you should wear masks. It says, an investigation of a high-exposure event in which two symptomatically ill hairstylists interacted for an average of 15 minutes with each of 139 clients during an eight-day period found that none of the 67 clients who subsequently consented to an interview and testing developed infection. The stylists and all clients universally wore masks in the salon as required by local ordinance and company policy at that time. Now, a couple things about this study. One is there were 72 other people that they didn't check, so they have no idea. <laughs> and the other thing is there was another case where there was a, a, somebody that worked at a gym that was a personal trainer, and he did it without a mask and dealt with 50 people, and not a single one of them got sick. So this study means absolutely nothing. Statistically, this is a total waste. This is not a study in any medical sense of the word, any scientific it's sense of the word. It's an anecdote. And this is the first thing that they lead with as to why masks work. Now, there was also an article today that I saw that went through every study that was done on masks before COVID broke out. And it's important because we all know there were trillions of dollars at stake around the world related to finding the right thing about COVID. So there's lots of money awash, like Joshua was talking about before, where there's enormous pressure to find it one way. And so nobody else has done a randomized controlled test because those have never shown that surgical masks do anything. In some of the 14 RCTs, that's randomly controlled tests. That means that, that you can't fake it very easily, just to, in shorthand. RCTs that have tested the effectiveness of masks in preventing the transmission of respiratory viruses. Three suggest but do not provide any statistical significant evidence in intention to treat analysis that masks might be useful. The other 11 suggest that masks are either useless, whether compared with no mask, or because they appear not to add to good hand hygiene alone, or actually counterproductive. Of the three studies that provided statistically significant evidence and intention to treat analysis that was not contradicted within the same study, one found that the combination of surgical masks and hand hygiene was less effective than hand hygiene alone. One found that the combination of surgical masks and hand hygiene was less effective than nothing, and one found that cloth masks were less effective than surgical masks. In other words, the actual scientific tests that were done showed there's no difference for masks. N95s maybe, but surgical masks, cloth masks, they don't do anything. There's no statistical evidence. And now we've had a year and a half where people could have easily done a, a control that the reason that you do a random controlled test is because by doing that, you make it so that, that the person who's running the test can't get the results he wants. Unlike the CDC's thing where you find somebody and you give an anecdote and say, this proves it. If you do a random controlled, and that's why you also have to include everybody in it, even those that don't follow the protocol, because that actually tells you what you should expect to have happen. And when you do that, masks do nothing. And no study since the CDC has requested that have shown anything any different. But yet, they don't care about science. It's about controlling people, which greatly undermines their credibility when they come and say, look how valid, how great the vaccine is. We know they'll spin. We know they'll tell things that are blatantly misleading and just say things that are random that have no, no connection to the truth to forward their agenda. And so... Yeah, the CDC needs to start to be scientific so that people, they earn credibility back.
because right now they shouldn't have much credibility. I mean, a completely draw-dropping amount of money has been spent on COVID, and a far greater amount of money has been, you know, or economic value has been destroyed with the lockdowns and everything. I mean, they should have trials with, you know, tens of thousands of people testing these things. How does COVID transmit? You know, do masks work? You know, how about under different conditions? I mean, or 100 instead, different drugs. Let's try 100 different drugs and see what works when somebody starts to become symptomatic. And instead, you, you have these th- referencing two people. I mean, why are they not doing Dramatic these things? Death. I mean, government is incompetent, granted, but, you know, they sh- they sh- it's, it's awful hey, that it's not being I done. I mean, one of the reasons, it, it's easy to, to have this kind of discussion and bash the government, but you have to recognize the government is us. And the reason that the government can get away with that sort of thing is because we let them, because we're- Because we want them to. Because we want them to, because we voted for these people, and because we're the kind of people who are gullible people, because we're the kind of people who would prefer somebody else to make decisions for us and to give us direction and to, to lead us down that path where they're setting our fears, they're telling us what we should be afraid of, and providing the solutions for those fears. And specifically, that they're saying they're omniscient, and we want them to be omniscient, because other than that, we have to deal with a God who's omniscient. And we'd rather have a government that we know kind of flounders around and doesn't do things very well, because if we have a God that's omniscient, and it's just the government, it doesn't cause us that much damage. But if we have the living God, being omniscient and knowing all our sins, it causes us a great deal of damage. So we, we have the God we want as a nation, and we want a very fallible God, and that's why we don't check, and that's why we panic, and that's why we scream, because we're happy with that God. I mean, one of the things that happens, and you've, you've talked about it some, is there's a tendency whenever it's, – it's both a combination of, like, the pressure that Josh was talking about, whether it's caused by money or whether it's caused by people people being afraid of something happening. But when you get this pressure, what happens is you shut down debate. And there's another side effect, too. The other way it happens is when you get to be so fearful and so, so illogically set in your view, you don't want to read anything that could cause you – to actually have to think differently than you do. So there's, I mean, and I've seen, like I said, I was saying before, there's times where I hear somebody say something and I find myself being tempted to go, oh, that must be true. I've seen before where I start to read something and I go, oh, wait a minute. This sounds like they're actually being reasonable and I don't think they agree with me. I don't want to read this. I don't want to listen to this. And so there's this part of it where there's forces shutting down debate, like externally, and then there's internal forces shutting down debate in exactly the same way, just withdrawing from debate, withdrawing from actual debate, not getting angry. Like you listen to somebody so you can just yell at them or so you can make fun of them. Look at this idiot. Look at this, which is just another form of shutting down debate. And we shouldn't ignore how much the external props up the internal, right? When YouTube says Rand Paul can't say anything about the vaccine, how many people do that and go, well, if a senator can be shut down, obviously anybody should be. So why should I listen to my neighbor when he goes, really? You know what I mean? Right. It, it, it gives this propping up that's like a national propping up to try to create so that there's no discussion about the issues and that everybody can go, you know, they just go, well, they're shutting down everything. So I shouldn't listen to you. You're pro-vaccine. And then the other side's going, you're anti-vaccine. Obviously, Facebook has to be right. You can't possibly be right. The CDC has to be right. How dare you say anything? And what we do is we just totally shut down a seeking of truth. Instead, we just say that one side possesses all the truth. And that's a very dangerous place to be. Or that no side does, which is, you know what I mean? There's, and, there's, right. and I think a lot of people are But most people think that, that they're perilously close to that, but they're confident that they have the truth. Right. That's, they, they don't have truth, but yet they're so confident that they have truth that they're not willing they to have it to be challenged. just enough to doubt anything that they want to. You know what I mean? Right. I don't understand this, but I heard this, which means that, you know what I mean? And that's all that's necessary. We're winding down this podcast. We're getting close to the end. And at, the, at this point, if you've listened this far and we're hoping that we were going to tell you to take the vaccine or not take the vaccine, we haven't told <laughs> you that. And we're not going to. And, but 
but you're probably you know you're under some pressure from somebody either somebody personal or your employer or just the news to take or not take the vaccine somebody's telling you you must or you must not and we're just not going to do that what we're trying to do is say hey think about the reasons why you would take the vaccine think about the reasons why you wouldn't take the vaccine and make sure that those reasons are actually sensible ones make sure that they're reasonable ones and just don't get caught up in the fear one direction or the other for why you would take the vaccine or why you would avoid the vaccine it's just not worth that kind of fear and it's not just it's not just the issue of the vaccine i mean you know most of the major issues in society today come back to similar roots. It comes back to, you know, at a more surface level, not, not, you know, pride, not willing to actually investigate things, you know, not having enough background and humility to recognize that, to, to understand actual science behind things. And then, and then, you know, a deeper level, the, the fear and the being driven by fear of and being driven by you know, a measured understanding of the world that God made. And, and so it's not just, it's not just COVID. It's, it's every, every issue in the headlines, more or less. And one of the things that the church has been attacked for for decades is that it's not reasoning, it's just faith. And that's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks about faith is reasonable. Now, you can only reason properly if you receive the gift of faith from God. But Christianity is not irrational. Christianity is perfectly rational because God is perfectly rational. And as, we're, as we have the law written on our hearts, as we have a heart of flesh rather than a heart of stone, it is to make us a rational people. And what the church needs to do is it needs to repent of just going, oh, it's just faith. I don't have to think. No, the Bible says, come let us reason together. It doesn't say, you believe, just go, duh. It says, come, let us reason together. And the church has rejected that, which is why the world is going in the direction it is. And the church needs to go back to saying, we need to teach people to reason. The church is to be a group of people that are thinking, that are rational, not are irrational. We need to be a people that, that take thought, that take logic, that take every thought captive, as, as Paul says, and like actually reason about the things in the world and not just go in panic and just go, oh, I can't think of anything. I don't know anything. All I have to do is have faith in God. No, God calls us to exercise that faith by seeing him for who he is, which means he made a world that's orderly, and we're supposed to be able to think about it. And this is either an opportunity for the church to do that, for the church to do some repenting and become rational, or it's an opportunity for the church to become more like the world and to Can fear. Can it be more like the world? <laughs> yes, it could. It could, it be, could become more fearful. It could be, become more caught up in the hysteria. And, you know, it's God's putting pressure on the church for the benefit of the church, and he's going to use this to purify his church in specific ways. Yes. Thank you for joining us as we had this discussion about vaccines. We... We hope that it helped to cause everybody to ratchet things down some and just to actually think about it and to, to reason. This is what we need. This is what we need to, to understand who God is more. We're made in his image, and he is a reasonable being, and so we're supposed to reason like him. So we do thank you for joining us. This has been The Conquering Truth, a project of Reformation Baptist Church. If you found this helpful, you can visit us online at theconqueringtruth.com and subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening.